0: It's Christine Garvin, and welcome to the 2019 Hormone Summit. I'm so glad that you're here for this tremendous week that we have ahead of us, and this is our first day, and so I'm super excited because we're starting off with something that I think is really, really important, and a lot of times people don't necessarily make the connection between these two things, and that's the health of our skin and our hormones, so these are actually interlinked in a much deeper way than most women realize. And when you just try and work on the skin, a lot of times it doesn't actually get better. So I was really, really excited when I was able to get our today's guest, Brooke Venables, who is a, uh, known as the Clear Skin Coach, which is pretty awesome. And she is a skin and hormone specialist naturopath based in Australia in Perth. What's great about her is that you don't have to be in Perth to see her. She actually sees clients worldwide, because as we know, this is an issue worldwide, not just in Australia. So what we're going to do today is really dive into what skin and hormone connection is all about, and Brooke is going to tell us lots of good things. So let's jump in. Welcome, Brooke.
1: Hi, Christine. Thanks so much for having me. For sure. I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah, how exciting!
0: I know, right? It is. It's so fun. So yeah, we're the first um, interview of the week. So this is a kicking really- it off. I know, right? Yeah. Okay. So why don't we get started with just the basics? Like, so acne, I think, tends to be probably the most common skin issue, right? That that people probably come to you with, and just people in general, because it's like, oh, it's there, and it starts pretty young for some of us. I know it did for me. So can you tell us a little bit about what the connection is between your you know, hormones and acne?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think, firstly, acne is such a, a complex, multifaceted condition. So there's a, a lot at play aside from just your hormones. But um, um, I say that with every acne case that I see, there is some level of hormonal involvement mm-hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So, we've got the interplay of um, our female sex hormones, which we often see when there are cyclical changes in the skin. So, those are very commonly known premenstrual breakouts, which a lot of women suffer with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Estrogen and progesterone can um, influence the way that the microbiome in the skin behaves. So, that's our protective barrier to uh, prevent infection. Um, and it can also play a role, or both of these hormones can play a role in um, sebaceous gland activity as well. So fluctuations in oil in the skin throughout the cycle, which a lot of women do notice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we've also got testosterone at play. So um, testosterone is um, hugely involved in sebaceous gland activity as well. Yeah. Um, and something with testosterone I think is really helpful to understand is that it's, it's not... Um, just about your level of total testosterone, um, but what pathway that testosterone is going down. So there's a substrate of testosterone called dihydrotestosterone, which is really um, intricately involved in acne and sebaceous gland activity.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: So that's something that can be tested in a urine test, so when we're looking at metabolites. So um, that's always something um, to factor in. Nice. Maybe We've also got the, for that? the Dutch test, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That would be the most comprehensive test to really assess those metabolites and see what pathway is um, being favored for you with testosterone. That's
0: awesome. We're going to actually um, talk later this week more about the Dutch test, so I'm glad that that came up. Oh, you. brilliant. Yeah, people yeah. a lot about yeah. it.
1: An amazing test. I use it a lot with my clients. Um, Just gives you so much more information to work with um, on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've also got uh, the role of insulin in the skin. So insulin is your blood sugar regulating hormone, um, which also plays a role in um, sebaceous gland activity. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of acne being termed as the diabetes of the skin because it is so commonly driven by blood sugar irregularities. Yeah, that is. So not only does it increase oil, um, but it also uh, feeds into hyperkeratinisation, which is when you get um, a lot of dead skin cell build up on the epidermis of the skin. Um, So you've got oil, you've got dead skin, that's going to cause congestion, yeah. And, um, therefore breakouts. Um, next we've got in, uh, sorry, cortisol. So cortisol is that stress hormone involved in fight or flight. Um, and it's, if it's, if we're having intense periods of stress or long-term stress exposure, this can really cause, um, more inflammation in the body and the skin. Um, but also it can really deplete your skin's capacity to, to heal itself. Um, so wound healing is much slower and we're much more susceptible to things like uh, to scarring um, and uh, blemishes. Mm. So, yeah, stress is a big one, a really, really big one.
0: Yes. <laughs> Always, yeah. So Always. Can I ask you, can I go back to that was really interesting about the microbiome of the skin? Yeah. I think a mm-hmm. lot of really... Think about that, right? They think about, I mean, we've, I see a lot of people know about the internal, you know, gut microbiome at this point, Um, have at least heard about it, but we don't necessarily understand that there's like all this bacteria on our skin, both good and bad, Right.
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah, so we are covered in microbes, <laughs> absolutely covered. And a lot of these, uh, these bacteria are having a positive impact. They're protecting us. So we've got this barrier function in the skin, which is reflective of the microbiome or the barrier function in the gut. Mm. Um, so having a, a balance there with your good bugs and not having um, too many of your pathogenic bugs, fungies, yeast, um, overgrowing is going to be really important for prevention of infection.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm guessing that, I don't know if I've seen this, but I feel like I've heard about it, that there's probably some like probiotic face washes out there is that,
1: is Something that? I'm starting to hear about, yeah, yeah. I know um, there are definitely um, some moisturisers that contain pre and probiotics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, most of it's going to be about uh, changing your internal terrain. Mm-hmm. There can be some things that are done topically. Um, internally is most important, but externally we're looking at, you know, really reducing those things that are going to be stripping the microbiome as well. So products like benzyl peroxide are um, going to be really damaging for that reason. So we want to be um, supporting that skin barrier function and that microbiome. Mm
0: -hmm. So I definitely want to talk more about, um, you know, things that you recommend to your clients um, in terms of your gut microbiome. But I do have a quick question because it just came into my head because I actually use, um, like oils like uh, castor oil and jojoba sometimes and almond oil for washing my face. Is that a good mm-hmm. idea or not?
1: <laughs> it's going to depend on your skin type and whether you're prone to congestion and, um, excess oiliness. So some, for some people using oil products is going to be quite commodogenic. Mm. Um, other people respond really well. So, I think it can be a little bit of trial and error and working with, um, an esthetician or a dermal therapist to find what's really suitable for you, um, can be the best way to go. It's really individual.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So tell us more about working on our guts and how that, you know, what you need to do in terms of that in order to improve your skin.
1: Yeah, sure. So we want to have um, a really healthy-looking microbiome where we've got lots of good guys proliferating um, and we're getting rid of you know, pathogenic bugs like candida, helicobacter. Um, small intestinal bacterial growth is a big one here, SIBO. Um, I see that a lot with um, rosacea in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, so, correcting this is again, it's going to come down to your whys as an individual. So, running some testing, working one on one with a practitioner, um, and understanding what your contributing factors are. Mm-hmm. So, it might be dietary, um, something that you might need to eliminate for a period of time. Um, it could be more of a um, bacterial or, or fungi growth, overgrowth that needs to be addressed um and also uh, just feeding that microbiome with all the good stuff so lots of fibrous veggies a broad range of um, uh, vegetables in the diet is going to help to really feed a healthy microbiome mm-hmm. um, and looking at things like medication alcohol sugar things that can throw that microbiome out of whack so it's um your skin's microbiome is going to be reflective of what's happening in the gut so it's a really important place to start
0: yeah that's so fascinating because i don't think probably many people think that they're going to go to a naturopath or you know a functional medicine practitioner or definitely not um just like a regular skin person and get testing on their gut you know so is that something that you kind of do on the early end of things when somebody comes to see you or do you kind of try and start in some other places first like what should people do in that situation
1: if they're experiencing gut dysbiosis yeah or yeah
0: okay have the acne and they're you know they may not necessarily understand right off the bat that, um, gut di-
1: that it's all connected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, like looking at their contributing factors again. So what's happening with their diet? What are they consuming? Otherwise, is there a lot of alcohol, a lot of sugar? So working on that, that removing causes initially is a really important place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, Gut and hormones are intricately intricately connected. So um, looking at the Dutch testing can also really help to to understand the bigger picture, for instance. Um, Or looking at um, a comprehensive digestive stool analysis can be very helpful too. So looking at the breakdown of your um, commensal and pathogenic bacteria, yeast, fungi, parasites, and seeing exactly what you're working with. Um, so these are yeah, functional tests that um, I would implement in individual cases depending on what's going on.
0: What's happening. That's so cool because so right now I'm in a program and I'm learning how to read the GI map, which is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I don't have that there or not, but um, similar to the comprehensive digestive stool analysis, just has yes. some other things on it. But it's, oh, it's fascinating, right? And so it's,
1: fascinating.
0: <laughs> it's crazy what's going on inside of us. but. Do you find that the majority of people with, say, bad acne or bad, you know, skin issues do have, like, um, fungus or parasites? Is that usually happening?
1: There, There's often a link, yes, for sure. And, yeah, what's going on in the gut is, is often going to be showing up in the skin. So that there's always something to address there. It's going to be individual for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It, I think SIBO in rosacea, helicobacter in rosacea, um, candida in acne can be really common as well. Um, but, yeah, everyone's going to be individual. So testing's really important to see what you're working with.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so fascinating to me because, you know, even just this thought about parasites, like I think a lot of people – if you live in you know Australia or America or what have you, you know, in Western Europe, you're not gonna face having parasites. And the reality is, most of us do, right? We have whole
1: the world stuff. is a small place now, we're all traveling and spreading everything around, yeah. so yeah, yeah.
0: all yeah. these things happening inside that we really don't necessarily realize. And then I'm sure yeah, that that's so the true. thing that you see with your clients is like once you figure out that they have these things. Like it's not just about their skin improving, right? There's all these other aspects.
1: Absolutely. And when you're treating skin, you're treating, when you're treating it holistically mm-hmm. and from the foundations up, um, you're, you're treating the whole body. So you're going to see everything else improve along the way. Your skin is often the the last thing to heal. And it's the, um, the first thing to to show up. So, You have to work through those layers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I know that it's really hard to say because it's so individual, but how long do you, you know, tend to maybe tell your patients, like, it's going to take maybe, you know, I don't know, three to six months, or how long should people think about, okay, when I'm trying to heal my skin, it's going to take this amount of time to do?
1: Yeah, sure. Again, really, really individual. Mm -hmm. Um, I think results can be seen. Uh, physically really early on um Mm -hmm. when appropriate changes are made Mm -hmm. however true healing and resolution takes time Mm -hmm. and when you're working truly, you're working through those layers so it's going to take some time to really get to that point where your skin is really resilient and you're not going to um fall back into those old patterns Um, so your, your skin cells um turn over completely um around every 28 days or so um so <laughs> sorry what was that
0: like our cycles like our yes cycle cycles. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah so um you want to be really influencing all that new skin cell growth um and to be able to see those, those visible changes so Covering three skin cycles is probably the um, minimum time frame you're wanting to look at. Even if you start to see changes earlier than that, you want to be really influencing those new little baby cells that are coming up from the inside that are going to start to, to show on the epidermis eventually.
0: I'm glad that you, you know, said that because I think this happens a lot, not just with skin, but just in our health in general, we'll make some changes. And, you know, a lot of the diets out there, are three weeks or 30 days or what have you, and people are like, yeah, I feel amazing. And then they go right back to what they were doing before, you know? Mm-hmm. They and get it,
1: complacent. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah.
0: It's like, oh, I healed or, you know, I did this. I did my 30 days. And the reality is that's just the beginning. Right. And that's yes.
1: the, the. Absolutely. Permanent, permanent yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think with with any sort of um, a chronic condition like acne, mm-hmm. it's been manifesting internally with these imbalances that are contributing for quite some time before it shows up in the skin. Mm-hmm. And often, I'm seeing women that have been struggling with it for a long time, and I'm their last port of call.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they've been through Accutane and antibiotics and the pill, and there's a lot to unravel. Um, there's a lot of healing that needs to be done to really resolve it for good.
0: I bet. So that just made me think about, you know, I mean, I started having acne when I was, I don't know, 12, 13, you know? And so what is happening then? I mean, obviously you're, you know, going through puberty and all the hormones are crazy, but can you tell me kind of specifically what, what's going on at that point?
1: So yeah, you've you've got it right there. It's uh, there's fluctuations in hormones that are somewhat out of our control because mm. that's just part of, of puberty. Mm. Um, however, I think that um, th- there's still a lot that can be done around that time to help to control, even though we're we're wanting to let your hormones. Do what they do, mm-hmm. but what's really helpful to know is that your your hormones are constantly responding, no matter what age you are, mm-hmm. to your environment, what you eat, what you do, and even how you think. So there is a lot that can be done to influence the way that your hormones behave, um, and that goes for teenagers as well. So you know what they're eating, how they're exercising, are they sleeping? Um, all of those things factor into play.
0: Uh, Yeah. And I'm glad that we, you know, came to that place because I think there's probably going to be a lot of women listening to this who have daughters who are nearing that age or already in that and, you know, feeling frustrations around that. So I think the fact that they can know that there are some some possibilities and some outlets it's not just like okay for 10 years or whatever you know
1: yeah yeah it's not something that has to be put up with it's a a sign from the body that something is out of balance and it's like a little a red flag saying um you know some attention needs to be paid here um we're going to do something about it so it's it's a it's a really clever thing by the body, really, to um, to let us know that something needs to be done.
0: You're like, thanks, body. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> so we- yeah. It could be done a little, little more subtly, exactly. but um, but yeah, <laughs> we can be grateful for it all, all the same.
0: Yeah. Um, can we um, circle back to when you brought up stress? Because I think this is yeah. an important thing that. know we're hearing more about the impact of stress on the particularly women's bodies I mean obviously it affects men too but it has even kind of more of a detrimental effect on us you know I think because of our hormones so I'd love to hear some more so that women really kind of understand like okay what how does stress you know throw everything off
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely. So, look, I think when we're in um a fight or flight uh, mode all the time, so when our stress hormones are elevated and we're hyper responsive to stress um, it's 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 causing the blood flow to go to your limbs um, in that primal fight or flight response, and that is redirecting. Um, energy and nutrient supply and blood supply from digestive function, from reproductive fu- function. Um, so it, it's, it's going to impact um, everything in the body, basically. Mm-hmm. Our cortisol um, is, can be quite inflammatory when it's in overdrive. So that can really impact the skin in particular. Um, it can deplete your skin immunity like we mentioned before. Um, but I think the biggest one with hormones is that it can, when stress is in overdrive, it redirects the uh, resources that we need to make progesterone um, and sometimes even to ovulate consistently. So when the body perceives stress, what can happen is um a shutdown of ovulation because the body doesn't feel safe to procreate or bring a baby into the world if it's perceiving that there is famine or danger. Um, so sometimes we, we won't ovulate when we've had an intense period of stress. Um, and we need to ovulate to produce all that beautiful progesterone, which I like to call the happy, relaxed, clear skin hormone, um, which, you know, we can't get enough of, basically. Um, And stress plays a huge role there in um, depleting your progesterone by um, impacting ovulation a lot of the time. Um, It also depletes you of a lot of nutrients. So it takes a lot of of, um, stores to ramp up your adrenaline and your cortisol in a stress response. So B vitamins, vitamin C, magnesium—all um, can be depleted, and they're all the things we need for a um, nourishing our nervous system as well. So, mm-hmm. so many different ways that stress can impact the body, and it's—it's um, just—it's fundamental to all healing. Really, is um, getting control of that stress response. It's—it's it's the first thing that needs to be addressed, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I know we talked about this a lot in our apprenticeship um, with Nicole Jardine, but it's so many things that happen throughout the day that I think people don't even think about being stressed, you know, that that's a stressful state that even just having, you know, the TV on or being on your phone late into the night or even late into the evening, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. impact of blue light on, on us Um, having that, you know, lights on what have you till 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night not going to bed until later yeah Mm -hmm. so many things and then you know not having a concrete time that you set aside in your day you know where you're like okay I'm getting out of my fight-or-flight response I'm going to get into my parasympathetic so that the you know the repair and the rest and everything can happen and um so so
1: important valued
0: right in our society and Unfortunately, yeah, women's bodies are more, even more impacted by it, and then we have yeah. to do everything too, right? Be the every woman. So, um, yeah,
1: you're absolutely right. Yeah,
0: is that something when clients first come to you that they have never really thought about the connection between stress and skin?
1: A lot of them do notice that they get breakouts when they are stressed, mm-hmm. um, but I think the biggest thing with stress that a lot of people aren't aware of is your physical stresses as well as your emotional stresses. So I think it's easy to think um, stress is just emotional. It's how I'm thinking. It's how I'm feeling. It's how I'm responding. Um, But it's also those physical stresses um, that you just mentioned. So artificial light exposure, too much high-intensity exercise, not getting enough sleep or quality sleep, um, and this, yeah, electromagnetic radiation and, and blue light that we're um, hyper exposed to. So I think that it's really important to understand that stresses on the body are physical as well as um, emotional and mental.
0: Yeah, for sure. So like I you know, mentioned in the beginning, I figure that acne is probably the most common skin condition that you see, but what are some other ones that people come, come with?
1: Yeah, so um, rosacea was something um, that we chatted about because we've both suffered with rosacea, so I understand the struggle there. <laughs> um, I've run the full gamut, acne and rosacea, in my training. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, oh, eczema and psoriasis um, are skin conditions that I have dealt with a lot in the past. Um I think with all skin conditions, we always come back to that skin barrier function. Mm -hmm. So um, no matter what the condition is, if there is inflammation, there's dehydration or there's infection, we know that there's a compromised skin barrier function. Mm. So improving that microbiome, helping with that healing um, and repair of that um, stratum corneum, is really important for um, addressing anything inflammatory in the skin.
0: Right. It, and I've heard sometimes that like eczema and psoriasis are considered autoimmune. Is that true or? Is that just kind
1: Ooh, of... I'd say the, the jury's out on that one. Um, I see eczema shift really, really rapidly um, by treating the gut and improving um, omega-3 status. So high-dose omega-3 and um, often certain probiotics for, um, for the gut microbiome and um, stabilizing um, secretory IgA, so your immune system from the gut. Um, so, yeah, I see it shift very quickly with nutritional changes as well as um, gut, help with gut health. Mm-hmm. Um, psoriasis, I believe, probably does have more of an autoimmune um, component. Um, but essentially, dermatitis, eczema, psoriasis, we are dealing with a very similar presentation. Mm -hmm. and we're looking at restoring and repairing and then correcting nutritional deficiencies and gut function
0: well it you know i i do love hearing that because i think sometimes people think god there's no answer here and i have this you know i have this thing that some other people have that nobody's been able to find a cure and you know you're you're kind of saying well at at root the root cause is very similar for all of these different skin ailments you know, and so yeah. it's yeah. like people can heal it. They can, you know. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. there There is always a why. And once they're, the whys are understood and addressed, mm-hmm. um, you can start that healing process for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, just one more question I was wondering about. Um, do you see, you know, as women age, that they have to deal with different issues with their skin because of the hormonal changes that they start to go through?
1: Yeah, definitely. So as, uh, as we hit perimenopause and progesterone and estrogen starts to decline, um, one really big factor there is a um, decline in collagen and elastins. So the skin's ability to heal and repair, um, And, you know, we tend to get more crepiness in the skin, um, more sagging, loss of elasticity. Mm -hmm. So that's one way that um, those hormonal changes can impact the skin. And like we mentioned before, um, estrogen and progesterone do have a a role to play in the skin microbiome. So as they deplete um, throughout menopause, um, I often see more of that rosacea-type skin come up. Um, yeah, so that alteration in the, um, the microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, collagen would be a big one and um, the microbiome of being affected by that hormone depletion. Um, I think the, the biggest uh, thing when we're a little bit younger is prevention, Mm-hmm. Um, and so, adopting a um, a low GI diet can be really, really helpful in preventing glycation, which is that premature breakdown of collagen. Mm. So we can start a little earlier mm-hmm. to implement some changes um, that can prepare our skin for that that change as as the hormones change. Oh, um, vitamin C would be another thing as well. So. Um, We make collagen from vitamin C. So that's something that can be implemented either through diet or supplementation um, to support collagen synthesis.
0: So I have to ask the question because it's such a big thing (laughs) in the marketplace nowadays. And, you know, I've heard that it doesn't actually help our collagen production, but we can buy collagen, you know, supplements all over the place these days. Does our body Mm. actually use that and make collagen out of it?
1: So if it's hydrolyzed, it's going to be absorbed by the gut a lot better. Um, So you want to always look for hydrolyzed and quality that doesn't have a whole lot of other ingredients in there. So just pure collagen. We want it to be grass-fed and organic if possible as well. So Mm -hmm. we're getting the best possible nutrition out of that. Um, So yes, if it, it is hydrolyzed, it will be utilized by the body. There is no replacement for your body's natural production of collagen, mm. um, but we can certainly help to supplement uh, and improve skin tone and texture and gut health as well through taking a supplement.
0: Yeah. That's when when I've, you know, I've gotten samples here and there and um, and I think of it, I tend to think of it more as like, okay, I know it's helping my gut, you know, it's a good gut healing. Yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. actually helping the collagen in my skin, so
1: um yeah, yeah well it's, it's all connected so <laughs> i think if you have a good quality one you're absorbing it correctly then you can see some good impact right. from that yeah
0: um one other thing that i wanted to ask you about because i've noticed on instagram you work with an esthetician is that true that you you guys yeah were
1: correct yes. Yeah. so um i have worked alongside um dermal therapists in perth over the last eight years or so um and since going taking my business online and um working worldwide i have aligned myself with um some really amazing estheticians and dermal therapists around australia but i've also got a couple in the states as well that's so cool Um, yeah it's it's so great it just makes so much sense to um to work externally and internally, um, you're tackling both angles. Um, so we'll work quite closely um, on a client with acne um, and you know, address it from both, both angles, hit it hard and fast. Yeah. So you know, they will do things that I can't do and I do things that they can't do. So it's a really great partnership to be um, working together.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really incredible. I, I thought that was so cool when I, you know, noticed that your posts on Instagram that, that was talking about that about one particular woman. I think, and um, I just was like, oh man, every every esthetician at least <laughs> I feel like should work with a naturopath or you know someone that can yeah. work on that health. But mm-hmm. I think it's great that you, especially since you see people worldwide, that you're you know having these connections for them to get that because. It's nice too to see an esthetician. Usually, to also just have somebody take care of your skin, right? Like you're like, okay, I'll do the internal stuff, but it's nice to go get some external taking. Yeah,
1: definitely. And it's um, all part of that stress management as well, isn't it? Taking that self care.
0: Yes, it's a win-win-win. I like it.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you're right.
0: (laughs) Well, I could ask you a million more questions because there's just so many things have popped in my head. But we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. Um, we've had such an amazing time today. I've had such an amazing time talking to Brooke. And I hope that you have had, too, and have learned so much. I know I have. I mean, it's just so incredible to me, um, even though I know holistically everything's connected. Um, it's still really cool to hear the specifics of all those things. so I hope that you learned a lot today. and Brooke, tell us how people can get in touch with you.
1: Mm, sure. So my website um, is www.clearskincoach.co um, or Instagram, um, which is where I spend a lot of my time um, is clear underscore skin underscore coach. Um, so that's probably where most of my content you'll find. Um, yeah. So people can email um, or DM and get in touch if they're interested in working with me one-on-one.
0: Cool. Yeah. I definitely recommend following her on Instagram because yeah, I just, I love it. <laughs> I'm always like, Ooh, what, what's going on? Let me see how <laughs> <thing is now." laughs> so, uh, Thank you. For sure. So thank you so much for being with me here today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Christine. It's been an honor. I've been uh, really happy to be a part of it.
0: Great. All right, you guys, we will see you tomorrow for the next interview in the 2019 Hormone Summit. See you then. Bye.